This is the Innovation Engine Podcast. Every Monday, we bring you interviews with some of the world's leading authorities on innovation. We talk about company culture, corporate leadership, emerging trends in technologies, and more. Coming to you from Three Pillar Global's headquarters in Fairfax, Virginia, here's your host, Will Sherlin. Welcome back to the Innovation Engine Podcast. On this week's episode, we'll be taking a look at the 2015 User Experience DC Conference, how to best get involved in the conference to know more about all things UX, and how to ensure that your UX designs are creating meaningful experiences for your customers. Joining us today to discuss all that and more is Joe Golden. Joe is a social scientist who works at the intersection of strategy, sense-making, story, and meaningful experience design. She's a member of the DC chapter of the User Experience Professionals Association, or UXPA, and on the organizing committee of the UXDC 2015 conference, hosted by the UXPA DC chapter, a highly active local nonprofit association that represents a community of individuals interested in usability, user experience design, interaction design, and their many related fields. UXDC 2015 will be held in Washington, D.C. on October 9th and 10th and will feature 35 hours and over 30 sessions. The conference will include UX professionals, junior designers, students, and a multitude of experts from UX-related fields coming together to discuss UX strategy, how to deliver results, and help UX professionals get ahead. Three Pillar will be a sponsor of the first day of the UXDC conference, and we couldn't be more excited that that's the case. Welcome to the podcast and to the studio, Joe. Thanks, Will. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. It's our pleasure to host you. So this year, the DC chapter of UXPA is hosting the first ever UXDC conference, which will be on October 9th and 10th. I touched on the details of the conference a bit in my introduction, but can you give listeners some insight as to why it was created and the background of what it was before it became the UXDC conference? Absolutely. UXPADC started producing user-focused conferences in 2006 and did several annually or biannually over the years, and they were very popular and very well attended. At that point, the organization was called the um, Usability Professionals Association, and over time, they expanded their focus and changed to the User Experience Professionals Association. So in turn, um, we now have users in the title, and we're focused on users, and that's great, but what we felt was missing this time was a focus on helping user experience professionals expand their understanding of what it means to do work now and in the future, because the field is changing very quickly. And people need to learn a lot of different related disciplines, enough to be conversant and to make good decisions. So we wanted to help people expand their knowledge as well. Okay, nice. And and what level of UX professional should attend and what kinds of sessions will be featured? We have something for everyone, really. The first day of the conference is the uh, widest ranging, I would say. It has sessions for people looking for jobs in transition. Um, It has all types of strategy and leadership, and different sessions, different lengths, panels, 30-minute sessions, 50-minute sessions, uh, lightning talks at 10 minutes. There's just, it runs the gamut. So 
there will be many sponsors there, like Three Pillar, which we very much appreciate. And Absolutely. there will be a lot more discussion for people um, who are looking for new opportunities and who want to meet the folks that they've seen over the years at user focus conferences. Um, that's really going to be the big day, the big event. Um, on the 9th. Mm -hmm. Then on the 10th, we'll have a more intimate, smaller workshop day with four half-day workshops. And those are really targeted at more advanced professionals. And that doesn't always mean just advanced in UX, but it means more advanced in their career and either trying to make a transition or trying to um, gain knowledge in other areas. So for example, we have sessions um, about agile, about story mapping and product design, um, content strategy, uh, creativity and professional development, and also developing mobile apps. So it's a wide range, but it's really for um, the people who are coming and want to spend a more focused time learning. Okay, nice. So the sessions fall into a number of themes, which include topics like UX strategy, UX leadership, UX across disciplines, theory and practice, content strategy, which you mentioned, professional development, and UX and government. The call for proposals also requested sessions on new cool things. So we love new cool things here on the Innovation Engine podcast. What are a couple of examples of talks or workshops that fall into that category? Well, Dan Brown from 8Shapes is going to be debuting his new Discovery Activities Matrix for design teams. And as I understand it, it'll be the first time he's introducing this. So that's an exciting new cool thing to help design teams get through the discovery process more effectively. We have um, Colin Egan talking about hyper-targeted UX and how are we threading the needle between the creepy and the useful right. <laughs> when we're targeting users and thinking about web content. Mm -hmm. um, we have uh, Mick Winters from Capital One who is doing a fishbowl tete-a-tete to help people have a conversation about where UX is headed. And I'm really excited about this. I think it's going to be a great session. And he, as uh, a leader of innovation at Capital One, Mick is really focused on all of the intersections of agile content strategy, innovation, um, design thinking, and how are we, how is that all coming together? And is the traditional UX profession as it's existed in the past going to look the same in the future? And the answer is probably not. It's probably going to look very different. So giving people a chance to participate in that and explore it, I think, will be very exciting. Yeah, definitely. So another subject that's near and dear to my heart and that you've mentioned a few times is content strategy. I feel like that's not something you typically see bundled together with UX. Why did you choose to include content strategy as one of the areas of interest for the conference? I think it's really important because that conversion is where we're headed. Uh, design may get people to a decision point, but it's content that closes the deal. Mm -hmm. So to integrate content strategy and how we're thinking about the stories that we're telling and how we're connecting with our audience, I think is integral to good design. And so separating them out, I think is gonna become in the future more and more of um, a choice or even an artificial distinction. So I think, that taking advantage of the amazing talent we have available to help people understand all of those different interconnections was just too good of an opportunity to pass up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think one thing people probably don't think about that often is just like the different types of content that are available and how different types of content may help facilitate 
you know, a, a user experience, user journey, or the you know, close of a sale, whatever your, you know, ultimate end goal may, may be. Mm-hmm. But so often people think of content as, okay, it's a blog post when really it, it could be a video. It could be a short mm-hmm. audio snippet. It mm-hmm. could be a standalone microsite that, you know, is, is meant to, you know, entice people to sign up for your product. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So let me ask about a keynote. Will there will there be a specific keynote at the event, and if so, who's giving it, and what is the topic? Yes, there will be a keynote. There'll actually be two: a morning and an afternoon keynote. Uh, in the morning, Scott Birkin will be talking about myths of innovation, and Scott speaks and writes about philosophy, culture, business, and creativity. He wrote the book, The Year Without Pants, uh, which a lot of people are familiar <laughs> with when he was okay. managing a remote team for WordPress. Okay. And um, he's written a, a number of other books as well. But he's going to be talking about innovation, which we felt was a really good fit mm-hmm. for this conference. And in the evening, Dan Willis will be talking about the UX apocalypse. And so I will just <laughs> leave you with that and say, come and hear Dan talk about apocalyptic connections with ux yeah and that will be on the those will be on the ninth i assume on the first day of the conference they sure will okay nice so i'm sure as one of the events organizers you'll be running around like crazy on those two days but if you were just attending as a regular old person what are a few of the workshops or talks that you would be dying to attend well um one of our colleagues from uxpa boston Eva Canisti, I'm probably mispronouncing her last name, but is doing a great session on micro interactions in the bathroom. And she is taking people on a tour of restrooms gone wrong and talking about how single purpose interactions on the web um, in your designs can make a huge difference. And it's a humorous look at what um, a difference a small thing makes. So I think that's just going to be fantastic. That's a lightning talk. Okay. Um, Then I also thought about a team of rivals from Marianne Sweeney. And it's about Google's new UX focus and how Google is really looking at user experience as part of their ranking system. So that means you need designers and content folks and SEOs all on the same page if they want success with you know Google search results on the web. So I think that's really important. And then Chris Gilo from Intuit is talking about Great by Design, which um, he's going to be discussing starting an in-house design uh, department or unit at billion dollar corporations and what does it mean to navigate that and he has some great firsthand experience and will be telling us about pitfalls things to watch out for things to do well and all that sort of thing so I think it's the strategy and the connections again that just get me every time yeah yeah well Intuit's doing something right I've never uh, had such an easy time filing my taxes as I did this year using their TurboTax software it is fantastic mm-hmm. okay so let me ask you about the community behind the event, Joe. It's the User Experience Professionals Association, or UXPA. Can you give our listeners a bit of background information on the goals of UXPA and what the DC chapter is hoping to achieve? Absolutely. As a nonprofit, UXPA exists to support user experience professionals in whatever flavor of UX they may be doing. Mm -hmm. So it's an international organization. It has a great reach, just finished a fantastic um, conference out in California that was a big deal. That was the yearly international annual event. And UXPA is really dedicated to helping user experience professionals succeed with networking events, with several publications, 
and different opportunities for training and ongoing professional development. In D.C., we're really lucky because we have this interesting mix of contexts. So we have people working in government, in private industry, in associations, in lobbying groups, in universities. You know, we have all of these different places where UX is going on. And that's a little different than what you'll find in other cities around the country. So at UXPA DC this time around, we wanted to really bring some of that together and start talking about um, what UX looks like and the lessons learned from all of these different contexts because there's always a lot of crossover. Um, just like there's crossover with people you know, doing content strategy and agile software development or agile marketing or product design, you know, right. all of these things are just merging and melding and kind of cooking up into something new. And I think we're right on the cusp of that. And to help our members stay current and learn and grow, we run um, monthly or bi-monthly workshops and uh, events. So maybe it would be uh, a talk, maybe it would be a panel, maybe it would be just a couple of weeks ago there was a portfolio development session to help people um, put their portfolios together. So it's really all about professional development and making connections and sometimes we just get together and have drinks and hang out and get to know each other. Yeah, very nice. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let me ask you about some of the speakers for the conference. Do you know who will be making the longest journey to speak at the UXDC conference? I really don't. Um, we do have speakers from a number of other states. I want to say West Coast, mm -hmm. but I'm, you know, I'm not totally sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> nice. And and how many how many talks and workshops will be given over the course of the event? About thirty. Okay. Um, and some of the you know talks and workshops have multiple speakers and. Um, Yes, everything will be going on except for the on the first day, except for the four workshops on day two. Okay, nice. And and let me ask you about Joe Golden. So the description on your LinkedIn profile says that you are a quote sense maker, strategist, story surfacer, designer of meaningful experiences, educator, and advocate. So that's quite the description. When you're out at a cocktail party and someone asks you what you do, what do you tell them? Or do you tell them that? That depends. Is it early or is it late? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's afternoon here in Fairfax. So it, maybe it was, let's assume, but let's just say it's late. Uh, if it's late, then I would invoke my no work at parties rule because <laughs> that would just be the safest bet. However, if it was early, I may say something like, I help leaders and organizations learn and change and create what's next. And I do that around technology, around services, products, um, whatever that may be. I'm really kind of a conduit for energy, and I've been doing this since uh, I was teaching, that I help the people in the room do what they do better through all sorts of different methods, some of which are hilarious, some of which are occasionally embarrassing, but <laughs> all of which are really um, focused on creativity and uh, helping people figure out where to go because it's in there somewhere. You know, it's, sometimes it's just hard, and that means listening to users. And as an advocate, um, I've been teaching and focused on social justice and social change for a really long time. And to me, user experience is political. It's a political choice for me to move into this field because everything I do has always been about advocating for the people who have less options, um, aren't heard as often, 
or who need a leg up. And I don't care if it's students or small business owners or women starting companies. It doesn't matter. My whole professional journey has focused on helping those people get where they want to go. Nice. And you mentioned tools that are occasionally hilarious and sometimes embarrassing. What, What would be an example of one of those tools that you might use? Well, should I find myself in an audience that's a bit stuffy, Mm -hmm. I might start out a session by asking everyone to stand up and be their favorite animal. I would like noises and movement (laughs) and and then I will demonstrate and I change up my animal depending on my mood. But um, I did this at a design thinking workshop uh, recently and because it's always good for the facilitator to make a fool of themselves, I hopped up on a chair and started flapping my wings and imitated a hawk because um, that's one of my favorite animals. (laughs) People were a little surprised, but it was a great icebreaker. (laughs) Very nice. Very nice. Well, I won't ask you to do that here, but uh, I I can envision that. I can see that. Mm -hmm. Okay, nice. So so there's a, I didn't use it in the intro, I don't believe, but there's a doctor before your name. Uh, where where does is. the Dr. Joe Golden come from? I have a PhD in conflict analysis and resolution, and I focused, I came into that from a master's in women's studies, so I was very focused on gender issues. And then I moved more towards issues around identity in organizations. So my dissertation focused on conflicts around knowledge management initiatives, because as far as I'm concerned, conflicts around knowledge are always about identity. And in the field of conflict resolution, there's a lot of talk about identity as it relates to ethnicity and um, nationality and racial constructions and things like that. But at work every day, we are paid based on what we know or what people think we know. And when that's threatened by changes in technology or changes in processes or going from agile to waterfall or water, well, usually the other way around, going from waterfall to agile, it can be really stressful. So helping people deal with that internally and also in a team is something that I really enjoy because I think there's a lot of potential, but as humans, we often get in our own way. (laughs) And so, you know, how do you move past that? And so that's been some of the focus of my work uh, around conflict and technology. Yeah, Yeah, nice. Okay. And let me go back to something you said in, in the first answer, which was that kind of UX is is changing and evolving into something different than what it traditionally has been. What are some areas where you see it changing and what are some of the skill sets maybe that UX designers will need to have in, let's say, three or five years that they haven't traditionally been asked to possess? I think one of them we've mentioned quite a bit, which is around content mm-hmm. and understanding uh, what their audiences and what their users want in terms of content, whether that is, um, you know, anything from designing instructions for a product, which everybody knows is a disaster across the board. Right. <laughs> you know, it's just so hard to figure out, you know, what this is and to realize that if you want to delight your users and create a great experience, you need to help them use your stuff. So it's great if they can just pick it up and intuitively know. But what about those other people who actually want to see something to help them grasp it? So from that, um, you know, to content on a website, and that may be written content, that may be um, the different words that guide people through an interaction, that's going to become increasingly important, I think, and melded um, to design. And of course, 
there is the bigger philosophical trend towards design thinking and um, figuring out how to solve gnarly, wicked social problems and organizational problems that don't lend themselves to easy solutions. You know, we can't just develop a product to cure poverty. I mean, we, you know, we have to engage this in a different way, and it has to involve the stakeholders, and that includes um, a wide range of people. So, you know, those are different skill sets. Those soft skill sets, I think, are really important. And I actually hate the term soft skills because it just sounds mushy and squishy and ridiculous. But the fact that people matter and people need to communicate and deal effectively with other people is really at the heart of so much of UX. And I think it's only going to become more important. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so so this is not the first time the UXDC conference has been held, but it used to be called the Usability Conference, I believe? No? This is the first time the UXDC conference has been held. The conference that the organization used to host mm -hmm. was called User Focus. Okay. And it's this is a different conference in many ways, even okay. though it builds, as we all stand on the shoulders of giants, it builds on a very successful series of user-focused conferences that mm -hmm. have been going on since 2006. Okay, nice. And and th they're now the, the User Experience Professionals Association. They were the Usability Professionals Association. Mm -hmm. Why the change from usability to user experience? To encompass the growing range of um, products and services that UX folks are involved in, the types of work that we do, um, you know, including, for example, people like um, web developers and app developers and product designers and business analysts and content strategists and all sorts of different people whose work is very closely tied to delivering a delightful user experience. Having a broader focus um, leads to a richer community, and it also makes sense with the way the world is changing and the way the economy and tech change is driving uh, a lot of social change. And so, you know, isolated, narrow fields um, aren't going to fare as well if they need you know, to be broader, to capture the range of the people in their profession. So I think that um, the organization really wanted to be inclusive and to look at their members' experiences and say, hey, we've got people doing all these different things who are coming to be a part of this, so we should recognize that. And we should recognize a focus on user experience and all the different professionals that do that work. Okay, nice. And I was in a meeting earlier today with someone who had gotten here using Waze, which he was singing the praises of, mm -hmm. um, and, and he feels like it's you know a, a company that's really doing things right. Are there companies out there that you see from a user experience perspective that you're just kind of blown away by and you feel like they get it and it doesn't have to be just an app? Sure. Well, although Waze got me here too, and I love Waze, and I'm a big fan. <laughs> but also, I would say from a personal perspective, I've had a long-term personal and business relationship with Capital One, and I think they do a really great job with everything from the branch to the interaction with their 
customer online to the offerings. And now, um, I mentioned before, Mick Winters from Capital One Innovation Labs is going to be doing a session at the conference. And it's really interesting that Capital One wants to be way more than a bank. They want to be a different kind of innovative company. And I think that's really exciting and they're doing great work. So, and they're, you know, local. And so that's a great place to go. Um, I know they've hosted product events and um, all different kinds of events locally. So I encourage people to check them out. Yeah, Capital One Labs over in Clarendon, they have tons of meetups and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and yeah, host some great events over there. But so sticking with Capital One for a second and Mick Winters, you mentioned earlier that he'll be doing a, a tete-a-tete fishbowl. Um, so I know roughly what those two things are separately, but maybe not together. Can you explain what a tete-a-tete fishbowl will be? I would actually flip those and say it's a fishbowl tete-a-tete, but okay. that's all right. Okay. Um, in a fishbowl session, for instance, in, um, in a conference or a workshop, you have an audience and then people can just choose to come up and join a moderator on a platform or on stage or in a group of chairs, however the room is set up, and they can become part of the conversation. So you're not sitting there listening to someone talk about whatever they want to talk about. You're going up and actually having a chance to engage somebody very interesting and insightful in conversation and bring your own stuff to it. And then people come up after um, they're ready and stand behind a chair and then the person you know finishes up and gets up and leaves and there's it's like a rotating conversation that people can both listen to learn from and participate in if they're interested so I think it's a great way to have a different level of interaction at a conference okay nice well uh, UXPA or uxdcconference.org is the URL Joe thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today great having you in to talk about uh, the UXDC conference and so much more. Thank you. Absolutely. My pleasure. Yeah, definitely. Thanks again to Joe Golden for joining us this week. And thank you for joining us this week. Don't forget to tune into next week's episode when we're excited to have Irene Ng on the podcast to talk about the hub of all things. We'll talk about what exactly the hub of all things is, why you shouldn't be alarmed to hear that it will make corporations out of everyone and how digitization is changing the way we buy and use products and services. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next week. The Innovation Engine podcast is recorded, produced, edited, and published each week by Three Pillar Global, a product lifecycle management and software development company based in Fairfax, Virginia. For more information on the company or our services, please visit our website at www dot three pillar global dot com